Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we are going to continue on in a, in a brand new series that we started last week called Developing a Disciple's Heart. And uh, last week we, we spent our time in introduction, and uh, Jesus was talking about the most important commandment, love the Lord your God, love others as yourself. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, it was the answer to the big question, really, what's the most important thing in life? And he, he gave that very simple and yet amazing answer. And because it's such an important thing, it, it seemed uh, to us that it makes sense to make it a priority in our lives and that uh, loving God and loving others is what comes out of a disciple's heart. So we're, we're, we're starting to talk about what that looks like in a practical way. How can we help develop that heart in a practical way? And I've said that, um, that one, you know, some of the things that we can move towards are very practical things like being thankful every day. And we encourage you to be thankful for five things, that that reminds us of uh, how much God is moving in our lives and, and, and how much he loves us so that we can love him well. We talk about encouraging at least two people a day and that uh, we make that a priority in our lives to, to encourage others. And then as far as loving ourselves, we talk about doing the next right thing, that that's how we're to move through life. It's all about us trying to do the next right thing in our lives. And that those three things help us to stay very focused and, and to experience and enjoy uh, time with God and, and as his children and as disciples and, and all that that uh, entails. But we also said that it's very easy for us to get off course. And, and I brought up last week that what happens is the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we looked at Jesus talking to his disciples about that very issue. And uh, Peter had said, you know, I'll never forsake you. And then just a short time later in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus just wanted them to kind of hang out and be with him while he prayed through the events of the cross that were coming up, they couldn't even stay awake. And, and that uh, Peter's heart, I, I know his heart was to back up what he said, that I'm your guide, Jesus. I'm going to follow you wherever you take me and, and I'll never, never leave you. But uh, sometimes things get in the way. Our issues, our sin, problems, stuff jumps up. And gets in the way. And so, um, in order to deal with that, we, we need to take this thing even more, uh, uh, we need a, even a more practical way to look at becoming and developing a disciple's heart. And so, um, what we said we were going to do was work together on what we're calling a primer. We need to prime the pump. That, that we want something tangible that helps us to, to prime our disciple's heart pump every day. Uh, that gets us moving in the right direction. And so we've been developing this for uh, some time in order to present it to you. And um, we're going to do this together over the next season. Um, we're going to look at specific verses and, and, and ways to implement them into your life to get the, the disciples' heart pump primed. So that as you go through the day, you, you find yourself more connected and, and it, able to do the thankful part and the encouraging part and doing the next right thing part becomes far more common as you sort of line up with those things. And I've said that the, the sort of seven kind of sections that we're going to work through, we're going to talk about getting focused, getting thankful, getting connected, getting dressed, getting encouraging, and then we added to get her done, and then a reflection at the end of the day, which is like that, but it's get her done. With a question, inflection. Okay. And that uh, 
we will have for you over time, we, we have them in, in stages already, uh, uh, a, an actual journal that you can have that will help you through the month. And uh, we also will have it in electronic format. We're working it out on the iPad and, and uh, for the Android as well, just to help you sort of do something very consistent every day that gets you moving in the right direction. And so we're going to start developing that together. Our scripture reading today is out of Hebrews chapter 10. This is verses 12 through 17. It's out of the message paraphrase. And it says this, As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice for sins, and that was it. And then he sat down right beside God and waited for his enemies to cave in. It was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. By that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part in the purifying process. The Holy Spirit confirms this. This new plan I'm making with Israel isn't going to be written on paper. Isn't going to be chiseled in stone. This time, I'm writing out the plan in them. Carving it on the lining of their hearts. And he concludes, I'll forever wipe the slate clean of their sins. And blessed be the word of the Lord. So today we're going to start by digging into um, a, a passage of scripture that we're going to use for getting focused in that first section. And it's Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. We're just going to look at Hebrews 10, 19 today. And uh, we're going to break it down into three quick points. And that'll be where we begin our journey in this process. Hebrews 10:19. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus... That's Hebrews 10:19, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, that is one of my favorite verses. These passages of Scripture are all um, things that I spend a great deal of time praying through and meditating on. And um, I have them memorized, and I, I use them. And I, I do that in the beginnings of the day, just to get me started. That's the first verse. Um, that I can tell you that's the first verse that I meditate on every day. Uh, I try and do it very early in the day. Sometimes it doesn't work out, although I try and make it. But as soon as I can, I start and I think about that verse. Therefore, uh, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. That's an, um, to me, that's just an amazing thing. And it should change the way that you go through the day. It should change the way that you look at everything. And let's talk about why. First point there on your notes is that it's therefore. Therefore. Um, whenever you read therefore in a passage of scripture, you need to figure out what it's there for. How's that? When you see a therefore, you need to figure out what it's there for. And it usually is referring back to a point that had been made previously to this chunk of scripture. And so there's something that happened just before it that, that you need to have an idea of what's going on for to hold things in context. Context. And the, the therefore is uh, referring back to our scripture reading today, the verses just before this one, about Jesus' uh, sacrifice for our sins. And that because of his sacrifice for our sins, God no longer remembers our sins. That's what that verse says. Hebrews 10:17 in particular says, uh, then he said, adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Now this idea, this concept, this reality is one that you have to take deep into your disciple's heart. What Jesus did at the cross, I like the way it was written in the message, in the message paraphrase, was a perfect sacrifice 
by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. Because of what Jesus has done on the cross, not because of anything that we've done, but because of what Jesus has done, we can enter into the most holy place. Now, the Old Testament gives us an idea of the most holy place. And if you were to read through the book of Exodus, you would see what was happening. That, that the, the most holy place was where the literal presence of God dwelled. And, and uh, it, was a, it was a big deal for the priest. The high priest could go in only after they'd certain, done certain things and only at certain times. And, and, and they could get into the holy place, but not to the most holy place. They had to be dressed right and they had to do these things and all this other stuff. And very, very limited access. But the, the Bible tells us now, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, we have access to the literal presence of God. And, and we can be in His presence. Now, I want you to—I want to make sure that that's sinking in with you, and that it's not just words or or other, it's a reality that that we can be in the actual presence of the living God, in the most holy place, in the throne room of God. And I want you to think about that. Now, the second point is. In, in thinking about that, what, what that can give us then is what I like to call a throne room perspective. That's point number two, a throne room perspective. Ephesians 1, 18 and 20 says this, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, the eyes of your heart, your disciple's heart, enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power... For us who believe, that power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So it, th this power is available to us. And, and what God wants us to know is he, he wants our hearts to be opened to the idea that this amazing power of God, um, the, 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 the hope that he's called us to, the glorious riches and the inheritance of these, the saints, this, this power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us who believe. See, you not only have access to God because of what Jesus did, he wants you to know that, that he, he's with you and that he's for you and that he has you covered. You are his eternally. Once you know Christ and you've accepted what he's done for you, you are his. And so... Um, when you start to understand that you have access to the throne room and you can begin to take what that means into your life, the way that you look at life, your perspective on life changes. Because you don't have to look at things the same. You don't have to be so consumed by um, the temporary things that seem to affect us so greatly as we walk this thing out. Um, you, you don't have to be consumed by worry and, and fear. Uh, you, you don't have to be consumed um, by God not being there for you. He's with you. And, and so we can move from worry and fear into faith and peace. And, and we can have hope in any situation knowing that He's with us and for us. And the throne room of God, is, is His presence is available to us. And the scripture said Jesus is there with Him, seated at His right hand. It reminds me of the little boy who was staring in awe at a sunset. And his, his mom said to him, she said, isn't that a beautiful picture that God is painting for you? And the little boy went, yeah, it really is. And it's really amazing because God does that with his left hand. 
And his mom said, what do you mean God does that with his left hand? The little boy says, well, last week in Sunday school, we learned that Jesus is sitting on God's right hand. If you're at home watching on TV, please don't change the channel now. We're on the home stretch. Ah. So, he's with us and he is for us. And what we need to understand here is that our confidence is in Christ. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, our confidence is in Christ. That's point number three. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6 says this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So I want you to see those pictures of Jesus being raised up by the power of God to sit at the right hand of God, and then now us too. God raises us up with him in, in, the, in an amazing way because we can have access into the very throne room of God, the, the literal presence of God. We, we have access now. And, and see, the thing is, we have this 24-7 access available to us because of what Jesus has done. But because of the bloodshed on the cross, because of him defeating death and rising again, um, we, we can enjoy the presence of God 24-7. It's, it's an amazing thing. It's something, you know, in the, in the, in the, like I told you, in the Old Testament, it was such a big deal. Uh, but, but because of what Jesus has done, a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect imperfect people, because of what he's done, we have access to the living God. And then the big question that we have to ask ourselves those, as his disciples, and this is the biggie, is, is uh, are you spending time with him? It's available, but are we spending time with him? Are we, are we making time in our lives to understand that we can hang out with God? Or are we just getting busy? Are we just going about and staying busy, busy, busy all the time? Because uh, sometimes I think we, we can get so consumed. Sometimes we get, and, you know, sometimes we get consumed by good things, but that doesn't mean they're God things. But we can get so consumed that we, we miss out on the best stuff. We miss out on just kind of hanging out with God and what that looks like. And, and so I, I, every day I, I think it's so important just to get focused in on what that means. And, and asking ourselves as his disciples, well, if we're not spending the kind of time with him that we should, if we're not connecting with him uh, with that kind of understanding, um, what's going on? Is there, is there something that keeps us from it? I, I think maybe um, sometimes, sometimes it's busyness, but we get busy sometimes because we, we don't want to deal with deeper issues in our lives. And I think maybe our struggle is like Isaiah, uh, who, who entered into the, the presence of God in Isaiah 6.1, and he's completely overwhelmed by his unworthiness to be there. I love these verses, Isaiah 6.1 through 5. Maybe you can relate to this. In the year, it's not in your notes, sorry. In the year that King Uzziah died, 
I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Try and get a picture. Of, of the, the throne room, man. I mean, and, and Isaiah walks in and, and he's overwhelmed. And the, the seraphim, you know, they're, and they're calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And they're calling it to each other. So it's like one group is saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the other group is answering, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory and there's all this going on. And Isaiah says in verse 5, woe to me, I am ruined. For I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. I think sometimes, rather than embracing time with God and just being with Him, we get busy doing because the reality of the presence of God and His holiness causes us to be overwhelmed by the reality of our brokenness. It's like a mirror. It puts our sin and brokenness right in our face. That's what happened with Isaiah. And yet, if we can just understand that our, our confidence in being in his presence is in Christ, then we can be in the process of being healed of that mess. We don't have to run from it. See, our, our guilt and shame um, are, are used by the enemy all the time as fodder because we, we allow it rather than knowing that, that Jesus has covered that mess and we can go into the presence of God where, where deeper work can take place and where he continues to, to make us whole and holy in his presence. And so, you know, the, we're not in our own worthy to be in his presence, but in Christ... We can be there in confidence in Christ. We can go to the most holy place and hang out there with God in Christ. So I love that in Christ, when, when God looks at us now, he doesn't see that mess. He says, I won't remember their sin anymore. Remember earlier? I just don't remember. You know why? Because he looks at us and when he sees us, he sees us in Christ. And even though we know we're a mess, he's, that's not how he sees us. He just sees us in Christ, covered, whole. Holy. Hanging out with him. And he wants to hang I mean he wants to hang out with you. He wants to have time with you. The creator of the universe. The one who made it all and everything and gives us every breath. Really just wants to hang out with you. He's made it possible for you to hang out with him. And he just he's there. And, and we need to make it a, a part of our lives. The, I, I want to encourage you to start every day. Every day. By hanging out with God in the most holy place, in confidence, because of what Jesus has done for you. Entering the most holy place when, when you, the holy place when you do, there's nothing to be afraid of or ashamed of. See, God is holy, but in His holiness, there's love and acceptance and the power to transform and heal us. That same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us to work into our lives, to change us. And, and so, so don't avoid... The most holy place. Don't avoid entering the presence of God. Don't avoid time with Him. Run towards it. Look forward to it. Uh, head there throughout the day as often as you can. Because He's longing for a more intimate relationship with you. You're His children, His creation, His beloved. 
And he wants to spend time with you. And so I, I want you to sort of think about that this week. Dwell on that and, and start there um, with this idea that every day as we're getting started, we, we should start by just hanging out with God. I want you to get to the place where if you don't do it, you feel like something's missing. I know in, in my own life, when I don't make that connection early, and things happen sometimes. It's, it's, it's my plan, which is, is you know, what it's worth, is, is every morning I wake up early and I go and spend time just hanging out with God. I need it. Desperately need it in my life. And, and, and it doesn't matter. The busier I am, the earlier I wake up. I attempt to do that. Now, sometimes things happen and it doesn't work out. And I'll, I'll, I'll keep fighting all day to go and find that time just to hang out because it changes everything. And I can feel it when I don't get there. I can feel it because everything looks different. My perspective on life has changed if I'm not spending time hanging out with him. But when I'm with him, same things. Most things seem really little that would otherwise seem really big because I remember who he is. He's, and, and I get throne room perspective. Nothing is surprising God. He's, he's not pacing the floor. I always tell you that. He's not pacing the floor going, oh, didn't see that coming. He's, he's aware. He's, he's there. And, and he's with you. And he's for you. And you don't, so, so, you know, it, you, you, when, when worry and fear all that stuff, you don't need it. You can hang out with him in his presence. And it's the best way to start the day and spend the day. That's enough for today. We're going to call it a, a, a message there. Uh, if you're watching by TV or video, thank you for watching. God bless you. And uh, we'll certainly be praying for you. You can go to our website and check us out. Ask questions there. But we're going to go ahead and close with prayer.